Hey everyone, and welcome to Trade Talks, the podcast that gives me the opportunity to talk and you the opportunity to listen to what I'm talking about. And today we are going to be talking about the idea of mentorship or what it takes to be a mentor. But before we get started on that subject, let me first give you my take on what we're seeing happen in the Middle East. I cannot believe my eyes when I'm watching thousands of people get on these airplanes or try to board these helicopters to escape Afghanistan. I must have said this, I don't know how many times in 2020 and 2021, I've never seen anything like this. And it just seems like we're continuing to say that. I mean, the last two years, there's no telling how many books one day are going to be written over the things that we have witnessed just in the past two years. Lord help us that 2022 is not going to be the same, but there's no telling with the way that we're going right now. Now, granted, this is my take. I'm not a war historian. I did not fight in Desert Storm. I was not there. And maybe some of you were. And if you disagree with me, I'd love to hear from you. And I would gladly eat these words that I'm about to say. But from my observation and just what I'm seeing from biblical history, these people and the way that they fight and the mentality that they have has not changed for hundreds and hundreds of years. These are wicked, cruel, evil men. You can talk to soldiers or people who have been over there, who have been fighting, who had interaction with some of these soldiers, and there's just no value for life. And you can trace their ancestry back and even their forefathers to see how they fought. And it's the same today to be able to behead and to murder and to rape and gang rape the way that they do in front of the people, in front of parents, in front of husbands. It's actually just grotesque to think about or even to contemplate. And for us to go in and to try to straighten that out or to try to stop that from happening is like for us to go in and change a culture and a people that cannot be changed. Now, exit strategy-wise, I'm not going there. But entrance strategy-wise, I'm not sure the way that we handled this situation was the best. I remember early on, I mean, I'm a kid, but I I remember seeing, you know, Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell putting up these pictures where these nuclear weapons were and how we were going to get them like uh, the enemy wasn't going to see us doing that and move them. And where maybe going in and just attacking at random places without broadcasting our plans and doing so might have been the better approach. Now, as we, we made the scene and we pretty much said, hey, guys, we're coming, they, they were ready for what was going to happen. They were ready for us when we arrived. You know, that country and that area of the Middle East is not going to change because it can't. Because when you read the Bible and you look at prophecy coming, man, they're going to be key players in the role of the end times. And you think about Israel being attacked and, and these nations coming against God's people, uh, their nation of Israel anyway, 
uh, you see them playing a, a key role and a part in that. And so anyway, that's just my take. But man, we need to be praying for the Christians. We need to be praying for those who are behind because this is horrible and terrible what we're seeing. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just distasteful. Um, to watch what's happening. So we need to pray for them, pray for those pastors, pray for the one that's staying. And again, that's just my take. Now let's dive into this subject of mentorship. Why is it important and why do we need mentors? The reason I'm jumping on this subject today is just because of what I've seen over the past couple years and especially over the past couple months that's got me thinking about this issue. You know, I'm a fan of American Pickers. I enjoy that show. We watch it on the History Channel. Um, we've watched it for years. I think it's like on the 11th season or 11th year that that it's been airing on TV. So, I, you know, I started watching that, what, when, when I was probably 30 and 30, what, 32, I guess. And, and we've enjoyed watching that show and seeing, you know, what Frank and Mike find and what they can sell it for and how they can get it. And, and you, after watching that show, you never drive country roads again or see a Sunoco sign or a Coca-Cola sign the same way again without thinking, hmm, wonder how much money I could sell that for. But if you've been following the show, you've noticed that Frank's not been on the show. Now, Mike and Frank have been friends since they were just kids. And, and Frank came out and he said he had to leave the show for a while because of his back issues and surgery and he has Crohn's disease. So I, I get that, man. I don't honestly know how he did it with Crohn's disease being on the road like he was, uh, that that's quite, um, quite a task to say the least, but, but he's gone and it sounds like there's no chance of him coming back. But as you read some of the statements that he made, you can see an underlying factor that maybe there's more to it than just Crohn's disease. And it was, there's no doubt that this show is titled around Mike and it's all about him. And what Frank is saying is, well, maybe I would like to come back, but I want a little more of the spotlight. You know, I, I want the cameras to be on me. He wasn't content in the second seat, okay? He wasn't content being the one made fun of, but but he was a huge part of the show, and it's too bad he didn't realize it. And I'm afraid that mentality and that mindset has corrupted many of our generation today. No one wants to start out on the bottom. No one wants to start out at the bottom of the ladder. Everybody wants to be on the top. And, and when you look at, at so many that have that attitude and desire, man, they, they are just simply terrible followers. You know, I, I think many times we, we blow it in ministry and in business and in sports, and we do because we stink at following. You know, many assistant pastors move from place to place, and, and when they can't find the, the perfect place, they determine that maybe they're not supposed to be an assistant. Maybe they should be a senior pastor. They go out and they become a senior pastor, and it goes from bad to worse. Employers, you know, they're, they're, they're jumping from job to job and from position to position. And, and the reason being is because they hate following their boss or they hate following their supervisor or maybe they just hate following their corporate's lead. You see this in sports all the time, um, especially like in baseball and college sports 
where a player knows what their potential is, but maybe they feel like it's not coming out with this particular system or this particular coach. And so they're going to transfer to this college or they're going to transfer to that college and, and until they find exactly what they want or exactly what they're looking for. But, but as I look back and I look in my field here in the ministry and I watch pastor after pastor fall in affairs and I watch pastor's wives fall into affairs and I hear about this man or this woman committing adultery or some other act that goes along with adultery and these sins that come along with it, I have just been flabbergasted, there's a good word for you, flabbergasted of what I've been seeing. I mean, I understand the temptation, and I understand that, that, that man, we might fall, but, but this is even going above and beyond that. This is, this is going into habitual, continual sin, hiding it and not confessing it and just letting it go, and, and even to the point where um, some pastor and their wives are counseling another couple while there's an affair going on between two of them, and it's like, what is happening here? Or pastors on staff having an affair with another pastor's spouse on staff, and, and it's just mind-blowing to see what is taking place. Now, we could speculate and we can talk about it all day, but I can't help but think some of it goes back to this idea of mentoring or this idea of following. As I look at some of those men that I know who have fallen, I see them pouring themselves into other pastors. I see them pouring themselves into their ministries. I see them pouring themselves in to their churches but I can't help but wonder who is pouring into them. You know, I had a a friend in ministry who left his wife and children for another woman. And, And I remember talking to him before this happened, and I didn't see it coming. I was blindsided by it. But I remember him saying that I stink as a dad and I stink as a pastor. I'm trying to give the church everything I've got, and then I don't have enough to give at home, and I can't find the balance, and I don't know what to do. And this poor young man doesn't justify what he did, but he was pouring so much of himself into the church that he had nothing left for anyone else, which results in his wife not being happy or content, which makes his situation even worse and eventually allowed Satan to get in the door and he fell into an affair. So I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that, that mentoring or following somebody is essential, okay, in order for us to find true success and to be able to get through the bumps of our calling, the bumps of our business, the bumps of our entrepreneurship. So who is pouring into you? Who are you allowing to influence and pour into your life? Who are you reaching out to that can help you through these difficult days and hours that you are facing. When when I look at my life and, and I look at what I've gone through and what I've been through, I'm so thankful for those who have mentored me. I'm thankful for the coach that I was able to have in 2020 who was really able to, to get my feet on the ground and get me going through, for me, a very difficult hour. I was a go-go guy, and I'm a full speed ahead, and let's get this train going with, with a full 
um, head of steam and let's go. And I really felt like that's where we were going in 2020 just to hit the wall of COVID. And if I didn't have this pastoral coach pouring into me and helping me in that time, there's no telling mentally where I might have ended up. It wouldn't have been a good place. John Maxwell says God chooses to use the crockpot over the microwave in the life of his leaders. And I really think the reason why so many leaders find themselves in trouble, whether politicians, um, business leaders, pastors, it's because they're wanting to skip the crockpot and go right to the microwave. They're not wanting to follow. They're not wanting to go through the time and the training as an assistant. They're not wanting to have somebody pour into them and their willingness to learn. They have it all figured out. Just let me go. And before they know it, they're finding themselves in a terrible, terrible position. And in many cases, it's too late to go back. And, and following is biblical. Having a mentor is biblical. I mean, what did Paul tell the church at Corinth? Follow me because I follow Christ. He told the Philippians, those things which you have heard and seen and received of me, do. He told Timothy, you know, the things that you've learned from me, the things that you've watched, the things that I've poured into you, now I want you to take those things and I want you to pour them into faithful men. He told the older women at Crete, listen, the things that you know and that you've learned, I want you to be a mentor to the younger women so they can follow that as well and they can love their husbands. You see, we all need someone or someones in our lives that we can follow. And then we follow their example and then we can set an example for others to follow as well. Why is it so hard for us to follow? I think it's because we struggle with this area of contentment. You know, we, we as leaders, we as entrepreneurs, we as pastors, man, we, we are dreamers. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a dreamer. You know, we, we don't use the word dream so much. You know, we recategorize it and say, hey, he's a visionary. Um, he cast the vision. And, and I know many men and women who are dreamers, who, who cast that vision. Now, some are much bigger dreamers than others, but we all have some of that. But, but the problem is the difference between contentment and complacency. And I feel that when we're in that role of maybe an assistant, when, when we're in that role of of following someone else, we're in that role of an assistant manager or a vice president. We we struggle because we have our ambitions and we have our dreams and we see them within the corporation or the company or the church that we are in. But because I'm in that second seat, I'm not able to to do the things that I would like to do if I was the president, if I was the pastor, if I was the CEO. So we get frustrated to the point that we want to leave. And, and that really, it's, it's a dangerous place to be because we've got to understand that, that circumstances okay, and opportunity walk hand in hand. And yes, sometimes the circumstances of being an assistant or a VP or a vice, man, it's not easy. And, and you know, my wife compares it to being a doormat because it feels like you're being stepped on all the time. And we do need to continue to be dreamers, but let me encourage you to be a dreamer in the present not in the future. One, that's going to save your marriage. And two, it's going to save, save your work. So, so what am I saying with that? 
Listen, you need to find ways to dream in the position that God's got you in. What can you do that's, that's extraordinary within your position? You say, Trig, nothing. My wings are clipped. I can't do anything more. I've got nowhere to go. Then figure out how to do it in your own personal life. Man, start that podcast. Start that blog. Uh, start that community outreach, start that side hustle, get that business rolling, you know, whatever it is, you know, start investing in the stock market and studying it, find you something to get your mind focused on that you can achieve. Visionaries and leaders and go-getters thrive on a challenge. And, and if you are not being challenged, okay, you are going to struggle. And if you're not being challenged, you know, you're, you're going to want to throw in the towel and go somewhere where you are. So if you know you are where you need to be and you have no leading of God to leave, okay, then, then I'm encouraging you to challenge yourself. Now, if you're listening to me and you've been through the school of hard knocks, you've had so much time in the crock pot that you nearly fell apart and, and God has used you in that way, what are you doing to help or encourage others? You know, I love mentoring, and I love spending time and helping others. Now, I don't have time to to do this. I, I thought coaching would be for me, but I simply don't have the time to invest in three or four pastors at a time on a regular basis. But I found out a new pastor was in our community, and I got a little information on him, and I, I could not wait to set up a meeting and go to breakfast because I wanted to help him. I wanted to encourage him. I, I wanted to take the things that I've learned from serving in this community and to give that to him so he could be the best pastor he could be. And, and I knew some of the stuff that I was going to tell him was contrary to what he's ever heard. So, so I even told him, listen, brother, I've got the ticket. I'm paying for the meal. If you don't like what I'm about to say, you can leave. My feelings won't be hurt. We'll still be friends. I'll pay for your breakfast, and it's all good. <laughs> because I knew for sure that, man, I'm going to rock this guy's boat. But he listened. I, I hope he listened, or he was just being polite, one of the two. I guess time will tell. But I was just trying to take the things that I've learned after being around here for seven years and instill them into him. And some of you have that opportunity. You're like, well, Trey, I, I've not done anything for seven years. That's not true. For, for five years, for three years, for 20 years, God has been writing your story. And, and maybe you just need to go back and spend some time finding out what the story is that God has wrote in your life so you can take that and you can tell it to others. And we've talked about this before when talking about the Braveheart life. And, and God doesn't make any mistakes, and God is taking you through these things, not so you can keep them to yourselves, so that you can tell others also about how God has used you in your life. So I encourage you, if you're listening today, and, and man, you're not pouring yourself or mentoring anyone, then it's time to get started. Man, due diligence to begin praying about, God, who can I encourage? Who can I mentor? Who can I help? And, and maybe if you're, you're a young man or young woman and you're listening to this and there's nobody pouring into you, or maybe you are a pastor right now and you feel like you're at wit's end and you know Satan has got the advantage, then, then reach out to someone who you know you can trust and that you know who's willing to pour into you and be accountable to them and allow them to begin to mentor and disciple you where you are. 
Christ took those disciples and he put them under his wing and he discipled them for years. Those disciples discipled other disciples. And for generations, as you study church history, the gospel continued on because they continued to do what Christ instilled in them. What Paul talks about is this 2 Timothy 2.2 principle, this idea that we could say of not breaking the chain. And, and as you think about riding a bike, listen to me, you can be riding and going 100 miles, let's not do 100, okay? So let's say you're going down 40 mile an hour flying on this bike, you come down to the bottom of a hill and you're getting ready to go up, you know it's going to be a challenge, but you know you can do it, and that chain breaks, you are going nowhere fast. And Paul knew if this chain broke of discipleship, if these things did not get passed on and carried on to others, that Christianity could be in a world of trouble. And so even in your life, as you've gone through things, as you've been taught things, as you've gone through different um, uh, books you have read and different knowledge you've gained, instill that into others. Don't break the chain. So become a disciple. Okay, two, Be a disciple. Three, be content to dream where God has you. Because one day you might be that president. One day you might be that politician. One day you might be that pastor. And that's amazing if that was where God wants you. But I know in my life personally, it took 16 years for me to finally fulfill the calling that I felt God had on my life. You see, I needed those years in Ohio. And man, I, I was under men who, who taught me how to pastor and, and different men coming in to preach that I was able to learn under and be taught God's word. And I needed three years in North Carolina under a Christian school that just, man, it operated in a way that I'd never seen before. And, and with 800 students, it was such a well-oiled machine. And I got to see what, what it was required in order to have a thriving Christian school. Then I land in West Virginia, and now I've got, the, the, through the School of Hard Knocks, I've learned okay, how, how to run a school. I've learned how to pastor and be a pastor. I've learned what to do. I've learned what not to do. And, and, and then I, I've also learned how to be an assistant. So when my assistants come, okay, to try to help them in those roles and mentor them for whatever God has for them in their future. And then when they go, they're taking part of me with them. And so I'm getting ready to lose my youth pastor to Indiana, but, but I trust and I pray as he goes, the things that I've instilled in him and the things that I have taught him, he's going to be able to do that to others as he goes off to his home church there in Indiana. So go and make disciples. Possibly before you go making disciples, you need to be one before you burn out and find yourself unqualified to be a disciple maker. I hope this helps. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And if you haven't rated this podcast yet, please do it. Share it with others as we will just continue on with the trade thoughts, talks, and takes on life and ministry. 